To the 154th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Wednesday evening between the FA Cup victory over Lincoln and the visit to West Brom. As traditional, I'll do the panel intros first so you know who you will be listening to. First up, he's been away in sunny Spain recently, but managed to catch all of the Arsenal games on TV. He has relayed some excellent eyewitness gossip about Mesut Ozil, which for legal reasons we can't go anywhere near. But let's just say we're uncertain how bad the bout of flu that kept him out of the first team really was. It's a warm welcome to one of our podcast regulars, Mr Mustafa Goldstein. Hello. Next up, he's down in London from his native Leeds for work reasons, and so is able to grace us with his presence for the first time since November 2015. He's a regular contributor to the fanzine, as well as writing his That Simon Rose blog for the Guna website. So with that intro, it's no surprise, but it's hello to our second panellist, Mr Simon Rose. Good evening. And last but not least, I am certain when he did actually appear last on the panel, but I think it might have been during the 2013-14 season. Anyway, we are very grateful to him for stepping in as a late replacement after one of our intended guests couldn't make it. He's the author of A Gooner's Diary blog and publishes, collect, publishes collections of his writing when Arsenal win league titles. We're anxiously waiting for the next one before his typewriter sees us up. It's a very good evening to Mr. Bernard Azulay. Evening. So, gentlemen, um, the last time we had a podcast, which was with a different panel granted, we were discussing the recent defeats by Watford and Chelsea. Mm. Since then, Arsenal have played a further six matches. Uh. They have won three of them against Hull, Sutton United and Lincoln. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a laugh. That's just that. <laughs> They've also played oh, Bayern yeah. Munich twice and Liverpool away. Um, mm. Now, where to begin? Uh, well, I mean, is it really any different? There's all this stuff about Arsene, will he stay, will he go, will he sign a new contract? We're having the same season as normal. Why is everybody so upset this time around? What's escalated. What's the difference between this season and any other to produce this whole thing around us? Anybody? I, was gonna, I, I think for me there's, there's cycles here. Um, previously with Wenger, he's been under contract. When he's come towards the end of a contract, when we've been successful or not that far from being successful where people have wondered will he stay or go and most people have, have been happy enough with him staying. But in the most recent cycles, that's changed because obviously we've gone a long time without winning before it came to the last contract. Many people felt if we didn't beat Hull, he'd have to go. And we were ever, obviously ever so close to uh, not winning that FA Cup. And I felt at that point, because he's always said he would not quit a contract and because the club have never looked like they'd sack him, the only window for change is when a contract ends. So when that last contract came to an end, we won the FA Cup the first thing for a while. Well, let me just stop you for a moment there. Can we remember the run-in to that season, 2013-2014? Was this talk around then? It was, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. I think that the belief was we hadn't won anything for a while, so if we couldn't win that FA Cup, it'd have to go. And I think in, in winning it, you could. There was definitely an argument of having now finally won something again. Give him a period of time to see if he can make us genuine title challenges. And you know, in the first season after the current contract, we retained the FA Cup and finished third. 
last season was a real up and down mess but if you didn't know anything of it and saw the final table you'd think okay so we finished second this is the third of those extra three seasons in, 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 of this contract and we the, the patience has been very thin for a long time amongst fans this is, this is the end of, of that contract and ultimately we, we're definitely not any nearer having a credible title challenge there's been previous Arsenal managers there'll be future Arsenal managers he hasn't got to stay forever Taking all the vitriol out of it that, that is there around at the moment, in basic terms, if he's not going to quit a contract, he's not going to be sacked from one. The only point where these things change is at the end of one. Now is a natural break, but I think everything has snowballed. The expectations have become so crazy now that, that the vitriol has come out. People have burst at the seams of what they've been, the frustration they've been holding back. The, the complete uh, capitulation in, against Bayern, I think. Ever since then, there's been a sort of end of days feel about the whole club. You know, it's you know, it's, it's kind of inevitable. It feels like, isn't it? Oh, Bernard, to me, you know, reading your stuff, you would find it very difficult to lay the boot in on Arsenal. Now, how are you feeling now about the prospect of him continuing for another two years? I, I would change. I, I, I think change has to happen. You know, if it, it would be devastating. For him to sign another two years, I think. Devastating. Yeah, I think it's devastating. He's I mean, but I don't want him hounded out. I think he's earned the right not to be hounded out. Do you think that is a majority view in terms of a lot of people are not going to join a I, protest? I think he's used up his credit with the majority of people, but there isn't a sufficient level of enmity towards the guy. It's, you know, most people are too grateful for what they've enjoyed over the 20 years. People who remember Morrow. Uh, Goldrick and Hillier, those at that area, you know, the, the, the re revolution that he brought to the club, most of us are so grateful for that, that and he's taken us to his other level. Um, and, and, and he's deserved the right to end on his own terms. I just hope he recognises it, that's what I hope. Yeah, I'll, I'll go along with that, you know, I wouldn't w wish any ill on Arsene Wenger at all. Uh, and uh, I think not only has, has he been a great manager for, for the club, uh, which it obviously seems to have been two halves to his career, uh, you know, the first half and the second half. And a bit like the games recently where you've had a first half and a second half, and one of them has at least has been a just catastrophe of errors, bad decisions. I'm not going to mention individuals, but I'd say there are, you know, four or five players there that they seem like they've got worse under Wenger. They're not... Then they're certainly not looking or behaving or the body language of world-class footballers, which is what you want at Arsenal, really, if you want to be a big club, you know. And we're so far behind someone like Bayern Munich, obviously. You know, we're Lincoln to them, you know. Lincoln, well, the you scores know, were... The scores were, I'm, yeah, pretty yeah. close. It was five nils, yeah. Uh, only Lincoln were away. Uh, and, <laughs> you know... Um, and, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we've got to a point now where I think surely even Arsene Wenger can see that, you know, maybe it's just time to bow out gracefully and move on. The, the, the time has come. He's done 20 years. He's won trophies. He's done, you know, I know he wants, of course he wants to win the, the Champions League. So do I. So does everyone. You know, there's that, that for him, that's the, 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 the holy grail he hasn't managed to attain with Arsenal, which... It's, it's a, but you know what? If you look at it, his glass is still half full over his career, right? It's not half empty. And now I don't think any manager can hope for what well, want for more than that he's achieved with Arsenal. And I think it would be better for the club and for him now because it's got to a point where I, I'm finding it hard to keep a straight face watching Arsenal at the moment. I really am. And uh, it's you know I'm actually like that. I was almost, after that first half against Lincoln, I really, I started thinking, go on Lincoln, you know, it was that kind of thing. I remember thinking the same thing back in the 70s at times when we were that bad. I was, you know, Arsenal fans would start cheering on the other team, ironically, but never a truer word said in jest, you know, just because when it gets that bad, you know, and, and we are, we are, we seem to be uh, a, a ship adrift at the moment and we need you know, they're not playing for him or they or they're I don't know if it's the wrong personnel or they're just not playing for him but it, I, I likened it a bit recently to you know a, a single mum and a, a few teenage boys and they're yeah yeah all right mum yeah 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 whatever go out and fucking do everything they're not meant to do you know what I mean and it feels like that at the moment it feels like 
we're, 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 you know, we've lost our discipline, we've lost just basic schoolboy errors on the pitch, just crazy stuff. And some of the decisions, the choices of players he's playing or not playing, leaving Sanchez off against, you know, a, a, you know big match. Mad, just stuff you can't really, you know. And I just think it's time well, now. He's got, he's got a history for that because you yeah, know you've know. got to go back to the 2009 FA Cup semi-final. His best player in terms of form was left on the bench. Yeah, but I, I remember, I remember George Graham leaving Anders Limpar on the bench against Torino, yeah. and we we're all going, "What are you yeah, doing?" You know, you know, 2004, leaving out Omri from the FA Cup semi-final, playing Ali Adier. Well, the, I will. I will accept the. We reasoning. should have won the double that season. We should have won, but the, I can see Wenger was thinking we've got to play Chelsea midweek in the Champions League quarterfinal, and we we accepted it then. Yeah, look, we're all armchair managers, right? And the reality is, he does ninety-five percent of the stuff right most of the time, and we go, oh, we notice the thing he doesn't do, but it's less than ninety-five percent at the moment. For me, it's it's got to a point where there's just too many, there's too much wrong. Right. Uh, too much all the time. When you watch uh, Leicester last night or Chelsea and Man U on Monday, there was an in- intensity and a passion about it that I haven't seen in us for yeah. I haven't seen for God knows how long. Yeah, I yeah. think that no matter how vehement some fans have been for, for some time that Wenger should go, and had valid reasons they felt others weren't joining in with, I don't know if anyone could really have foreseen how awful we would now become. And we've gone, I think, way beyond my expectations. Would you ever have thought, even go back three years when we were losing to Hull, and you watch that header from Bruce drifting towards the crossbar, thinking this goes in, we're going to get done 5-1 in the cup final. I would always know I was here. And Gibbs headed it off the line and saved us. Could you even (laughs) have imagined at the end of that three-year contract that he got, that we'd get to the point where we'd be incapable of playing football in matches. We'd reach a point where a player would get sent off or injured and the team will just collapse and let in goals where the opposition, albeit Bayern Munich, are lining up in, 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 their, in their doubles and their triples to, to, to choose who's going to score a goal. I mean, that is, that is beyond pitiful. I mean, that really is. I mean, both of my boys play Sunday football. I don't see goals that bad at their <laughs> level. I mean, that is, any, any level, that would get a manager sacked. For me, Wenger's level is, is so rarefied that that's why we've got this crazy combination of weirdnesses of people thinking, well, you've got to show respect, and others are, are kind of almost getting rabid in their desire to, 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 to protest at matches. Mm. It's horrific, really. For me, it was summed up on Monday when all my Spurs fan mates, they were desperate to draw us in the cup as the mm. worst of the potential four teams, the, the, you know, the easiest option. And well, I've got to be honest with you, I was pleased with that draw because I didn't want Chelsea... And I didn't want Tottenham. I'd, far be it from me to ever... If we're going to get humiliated. Well, get humiliated I mean, but, you know, to, I hate to say it, but if I don't, I don't fancy playing Tottenham again this season, and we're going to, like four games from the end of the season or whatever, and, you know, if I was a betting man and not an Arsenal fan, you know, where would you put your money? I mean, look, if you look at the form of the teams at the moment, of course, Tottenham are Tottenham. They've proved us wrong in the past. I mean, last I was sitting with some Tottenham fans today, and I was actually... Thank God that they brought up last season. It cheered me up. She said Newcastle, and I said, "Yeah, ten man Newcastle. Sorry, ten man relegated Newcastle." And I was just like, "Oh, great!" But that's I've noticed on Twitter, Arsenal fans. It's all about memorabilia in the past. Now we're all looking at the great days we've had in our history, and oh, and you know, seventy-one and eighty-nine and ninety-four, and all, you know, Tottenham last season. We're clinging on to the past because the present ain't no good. That was know. what was so disappointing in the Lincoln game. You had 9,000 Lincoln fans all turning up up for Cup. And, 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 and if they hadn't been there, the place would have been like a morgue. I mean, even when yeah. we scored, well, it was the first, there was no, it's the first quarter-final I can remember where the, 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 it, there was, it was a complete lack of atmosphere from the home fans. She is now ironic. Yeah, that well, we scored then. No, you look at those two FA Cup matches, two non-league teams, and Sutton away. Well, all right, so it was AstroTurf, whatever. The standard of football from Arsenal in the first half was just dreadful. I mean, there was, I was the things that the Ox was doing. People, you know, and I, I sometimes I wonder what, you know, what the hell Ramsey's thinking, like his shooting or passing. It's like, where, why is it going over there? What's he doing? You know, and 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 various other players who just are not. They don't look like they're 
I, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like a sort of football nightmare. You know when you have a dream of your team playing like brilliantly and winning? This is like, you know, this is like the nightmare bit. You know, it's like everything that could go wrong goes wrong. And, uh, yeah, and, and ultimately the buck has to stop with Wenger because, you know, all the stuff we've been going on about for the last five years or so, you know, and it's just, it, it is not improving. It is not getting better. Uh, it's getting worse. And I, I can only imagine Tottenham, I cannot imagine us coming higher than Tottenham this season. I that, can't see that, it. That semi-final is the week before we go to White Hart Lane, so it would have been... If you know to the thought of drawing Spurs at Wembley and then having to go at their new home Wembley and then having to go to White Hart Lane for the last ever game at White Hart Lane, I mean, you know, that was uh, well, we might get really lucky again, but this is it every time we get we get a draw like away or, or we beat like Burnley away or all those games where we just about either win it or get a draw like in the last minute, all that Giroud coming on and saving the day, and you know, it's all last gasp cavalry stuff. You know, and uh, my poor dear heart can't take it anymore. I can tell you, it's just that the hairs are getting greyer. And I'm just like, you know, I can't turn up for that every week in, week out and watch that. It's painful, isn't it? I think with the Spurs angle, I've, I've always been confident we finish above Spurs. And for me, in any given season, that's the first port of call. That's the minimum. You've got to finish above Tottenham. Yeah. And obviously it's happened for, for 20 you know, odd years. And, and, and really before Wenger, it was much more up and down. It was m- much more even who would finish above who. But... There is the spectre this season that not only might they finish above us, and we don't appear to have the reserves to, to counter it that much at the moment, but in terms of the way the matches work out, they could beat us possibly at White Hot Lane and achieve, achieve it all on the same day. There's only three or four matches left after that, possibly only three. Yeah. They're, they're, I think well, there's six points at the moment, albeit we've got a game in hand. With, with the way points can work up one way or the other, we could be in a position where that's plausible on that day. I hope... Very much, obviously not. But I think what's, what's interesting to me is that you, you cannot see how things are going to improve from this position. Wenger seems to be thinking he can improve us in the remainder of the season. I, I think we could get worse. I don't know what worse looks like, be beyond 5 on home to buy a unit, but we've got, we got a lot of league games, the sort of matches where you think, OK, for example, West Brom, we could win 1-0. If you go to West Brom and you get done 4-0... That's a very, very different outcome to expectations. You start looking at some of the home games we've got, City and United. I mean, there's, there's some matches there that could be pretty awful if, if they go wrong. And it comes down to, to the real basics to me. Can another manager come in and do better with this same squad? And that's been my question. Say no. That's been my, my point for many seasons. You know, I mean, I go back. I mean, I'm the host here. I shouldn't be giving this opinion. But I go back to 2007-2008... And that, to me, was the season in which Arsenal was exposed as someone who cannot set up a team uh, tactically or mentally for a challenge. And it became obvious then that all the victories in the past were actually because of the players he had who were just doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. And because he had the wrong blend then, because maybe he wouldn't play Gilberto Silva um, as one example because William Gallus I mean he, he, he lost it at Birmingham and then he got injured but actually he was a, a, statistically Arsenal were a lot better at the back when he played um, so that end of that season was a calamity um, in which we blew it so it's, it's, it's a long it's a long term thing and finally people have tweaked Actually, this is different players over the course of these seasons, but this, the one constant is the manager. Well, we can't seem to maintain. You know, it's funny. This season started again, full of optimism, and you know, Did we, it though? well, there was no. We had a, we had a good little patch at the beginning. Of, weren't we top of the league at one point? We went downhill after the from the after we, the, we beat Chelsea, and it's been downhill ever since. That's yeah. a very interesting point made. I mean, I felt the time. Beating Chelsea 3-0 was about the worst thing we could have done. <laughs> Skanker 1-0, they might have noticed some of their own problems and might have waited a while before changing their system. Yeah. But somebody made a great point on, on Twitter that we were doing doing well until we, we got drawn against Bayern Munich in, in the Champions League. And we just we just flubbed ever since. And now we've got knocked out, we might do a miraculous thing of, a bit like when the England cricket team go and get walloped in Australia, then they suddenly win the final test in Perth. We're going to suddenly improve a bit now. We've got Bayern Munich out of our mindset. 
I mean, if I look at our first halves against Sutton and Lincoln, never mind Bayern Munich and, and Liverpool uh, and, and Watford, I mean, you know, teams... That, you know, if I look at that and then I look at West Brom coming up and I, I don't feel good about it, you know, as an Arsenal fan, you want to feel good about going to West Brom, you know, or it's, have it's a game that Arsenal should, in theory, well, win. Old Arsenal, the you know, the Arsenal, and not this lot at the moment. With you know, sorry, with Captain Pugglesher. I'm, I, I don't really want to be nasty to Wenger, but that's what it's feeling. Of losing the dressing room. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Mm. What interests me is that there are players in the dressing room who don't even want to be at the club. And that isn't a good basis for team unity, motivation. Mm. Does Alexis care if we make the top four or not? No, he's not going to be in this year's version. Not going to be there. Now, what will, what will the departures of, let's say, Alexis and Ozil, what are the implications of that for the club? Well, we'll need to replace them, obviously. There will be, I mean, I remember when, like, you know, Ian Wright was injured or, like, well, whoever our best player at the time was was injured. And, and then the team pulled together and somehow, you know, Merson and Parler started scoring or whatever, you know, they pulled together and you get more of a team thing. I don't feel like Alexis is like that in a way. He's not like Thierry Henry or someone. And he's, he's, he's probably the best player at our club at the moment. Uh, um, but he also has some faults. Uh, in, in the, the way that he hangs on to the ball for a long time, sometimes loses it. But I've seen him looking very frustrated lately he was with some of the other everyone, players. Everyone at a Lincoln game, he was, whether it was Kieran Gibbs for not going on the overlap or Giroud for absolutely, he didn't stop gesticulating all game, Sanchez. Yeah, well, he is, he is a world-class player, Sanchez, I think. He's, he's, you know, OK, he might not be Henri or he might not be you know, uh, Maradona, right? But he's, he's a top, top-bracket player, I think. And if you're playing with people like, I'm sorry, I don't want to drop names, but I will, Ramsey and Gibbs and uh, uh, various others, who, the, the Ox, Theo, who are just like the schoolboy error brigade, basically. And they do look, it's like we've got a kind of schoolboy thing going there. It's like they haven't manned up. They just haven't manned up. You know? Yes, well, that's, that's... Look uh, at Chelsea that's and the way, Arsenal, a man for man. That's and it's, the, the way know. we play, isn't it? We don't do... The dirty stuff, really. The only Which one who does, the, manager. the only one who does, is Jacko. Well, yeah, but he overdoes. <laughs> but then we, we go but from feast to famine. He doesn't know how to do it. No, he doesn't because he then overcompensates and gets himself sent off. And and, and the cock's been doing that lately. He's not looked great either. I, in fact, no one's really coming out smelling of roses. There's no collective there. You, it's yeah. been mentioned before. It used to be, if we we were the team. If we went a man down. We actually had a better record with ten men than yeah. than, than, than others did, mm. and now if we go a man down, there's no collective will there. They kind of basically sort of back off. Mm. Uh, I mean, really, once by Munich got the the penalty and it went one one, the players had, had there was no collective will to avoid things going wrong. All it took was one in each of those rest of those goals one, took one mistake, and then they were queuing up to score, and that is pitiful at any level. Mm. And it's why I find it very interesting, this whole protest movement that's come along now, in that they've been getting jip, and people have been suggesting there's not that many people coming to these protests and so on. But I think it's, in recent times it's quite rare of Arsenal fans to try and become a collective in that way. You often get Arsenal fans talked about as a group and that 60,000 go to the game. We are not as one. We are 60,000 disparate people mm. who might all support Arsenal, but we have all sorts of different opinions about things. So to, to get a group of people together with a common goal is quite hard. And there's, we're not a, a ground that's on the outskirts of nowhere like some clubs. There's all sorts of distractions with restaurants and bars and everything else. So to get some people who want to be like-minded and have some sort of protest, in a, in a basic sense, good luck to them if they feel they want to do that. To my mind, for that to be successful, they've got to keep it simple. Simple and consistent mm. and decent. Yeah. Keep it to, if you want to say Wenger out or no, no new contract, fine. I think the problem where it becomes woolly, if you like, is where it veers from that to being abusive. You can shout, you know, Wenger out and no new contract, and the club might look at it and think, okay, they're saying the same thing here, we, 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 we're listening, we're, we're hearing that. As soon as that group is then, or it splinters into some standing outside the Diamond Club, Shouting Ivan Gazidis, what the F do you do? I'm sorry, the, the club is not going to look on that favourably. They're going to be seen as a rabble. 
whether they are all rabble or not. There's probably a, a, a rabble element that might be doing the rest of them a bit of a disservice. And I would think if I was part of that, I'd be wanting to make sure it was consistent and simple, otherwise the message uh, would uh, not honestly, come across Honestly, Sam, well. I've got to interject. I think you overestimate the amount of respect the board give to any supporters. <laughs> the Arsenal Supporters Trust, who are respectful and reasoned, have been banging on to the board for years, and they haven't been listened to. What this protest does is create very negative PR. And, OK, it's not great that they are swearing about Ivan Gazidis, but ultimately, it is the board's fault that this situation has arisen. Yeah. In any other club, Wenger would have been given his cards a long time ago. And it is the board that are ultimately culpable. And what supporters are doing is at least trying to change something they think they can influence. Because the only way the board is going to go is if there's a buyout. The supporters can't do that. They, they, there's, no, there's no point trying to hound Cronky out of the club, because he's not even going to listen. He's not even here. Um, the only way Cronky's going to be affected is if the finances start to drop. And as the value of his asset is the key thing, um, you know, he's good for a while yet. So I, I, I think, uh, although I agree with you at one level, it's a shame that they are swearing about what Gazidis does. Ultimately, the message they're sending out is, directors, do your job. Yeah, and I think also, yeah. look, foot, they, football fans are football fans, and you're never going to stop a football fan from swearing. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not Disneyland, and you're going to get, so you're going to get people get angry. Uh, listen, it... it, it I was at a demo in Downing Street recently and, you know, it was actually really well behaved and everyone was really good. But the old person was swearing here and then. The police were there on their horses and all that. Listen, when people get to a tipping point where they don't want to take it anymore, the teeth come and people start to... They, they growl, right? And, yeah. and that's all they're doing is they're growling. No one's, getting, no one's getting Molotov cocktails thrown at them, right? The odd swear word, it's going to happen. If you continuously and continuously, you know beat the patient down into they're, they're going to come back and fight and then and, you know the dog will bite back and that's what's happening so i think of course you don't like to see unruly behavior or anything but uh, i don't think a little bit of swearing is is uh you know it's, it's not a church fate is it so i think it's all right to but ultimately say, it's all fucking futile. pull your finger out mate you know ultimately what I mean? it's futile <laughs> because the, the board they're quite happy they're totally content with the the way the club's going they're not and then no one's going to sack Arsene Wenger and, and the only person who's going to decide when he leaves is him. Mm. You know, I don't, unless, unless it starts affecting the club in the pocket, you know, with people not turning up to games, when have they ever listened to fan protests at Arsenal? We didn't have much joy with the North. I they think the only time in, in recent years, recent, God, I'm going back a long way now, is Terry Neal. Yeah. I, mm. think, I think the crowd got Terry Neal sacked. Um, as well as results, but if the crowd hadn't basically been singing for Neil to go in Avonal Road, I suspect he'd have hung on till the end of that season at least. So that was a simpler time, isn't it? There wasn't that background of constantly qualifying for competition that brought in loads of money. It's probably an easier decision, you know, the embarrassment leading to, to Walsall and so on. And, we, and I think also there was kind of, a, you had a board that was involved in the club, whereas now they're just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're they're so remote. Well, here's the, I mean, I've got to bring in our, our listeners because they do contribute uh, with questions and topics. So I'm going to start with uh, Rob Gregory, who emailed, When the panel looks at the current state of the Arsenal board, and that includes the two Cronkies, does the panel feel, number one, dismay? Number two, it's something even deeper than that, so you'd rather not think about it? Number three, or does the panel feel that there is just the chance of a smidgen of an upturn, and specifically that in this coming closed season we might get just get someone in who would offer some football understanding in a way we haven't had since David Dean left? Now, we are aware that the club have leaked the idea they are actively seeking a, quotes, director of football. Do you think this is to placate the masses, or is this a realisation that when Arsene goes, 
they actually need some kind of structure in place. Because well, he's, he's had such absolute control for this entire period that, that, that obviously that when he goes, they're gonna, it's not just him, it's the fact that any other manager coming in isn't going to be used to be doing the, running the club from top to well, bottom, from transfers, from exactly contract right. renewals. And so they're obviously going to need some help. They're all they're going to have to start doing the job that they should have been doing in in the last twenty years. You could read it either way. You could say if if they're bringing in someone or say they're going to bring in someone, is it a sop to the fact that Wenger's going to stay on two more years, mm-hmm. um, or is it just a simple realization as Bernard's saying that if another person, let's say Allegri, for example, comes in, they're going to expect a certain structure behind them and wouldn't remotely be thinking they'd be doing. Some of the stuff that Wenger's been doing, it's just grown exponentially over time. And because well, he's been successful and it's not been he's the football now to, vacuum. Yeah, there's been an inertia that he has filled. Um, and it's, I mean, it, it's difficult to know quite how to feel about it all because it feels like every day the wind blows in a slightly different direction. Some days you feel he's going to go. He's, surely he's going to go. He'll accept, okay, I, I will leave now. And some days you think, well, maybe he is going to stay on. I just wonder how on earth it would play out to the fans, um, whether that matters or not in terms of the board, for him actually to stay on, because the backdrop is now so against that. Well, I mean, be, how, how could he actually stay on on a day-to-day basis? How could he front it up? Well, Pete Mountford has uh, sent us this by Twitter. If Fenger did stay, what could happen with fan base reaction over the next two seasons? What are his chances of surviving? Well, I, I think it, would, it, it could then escalate from merely swearing outside the ground. Do you think they'd be chanting against the manager inside the stadium? God only knows. God, do, do you know what I mean? But could I, he survive that? There already is, though, away games. I, 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 away games. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be very. I mean, you know, I'd be very surprised if he's still here. What do they chant the at away games? Finger out. Just finger out. Yeah. Okay. And is it substantial? No, it's at the end of games, and it's kind of. From fairly half-hearted and from a small selection, but that's that's what bothers me. I mean, uh, going away, it was my addiction. With the atmosphere at the Emirates so crap, going to away games is the is is where I get my my, um, my regular style, fix. Old yeah. style, and to have yeah. that element of disunity where you know where the players are scared to come over and applaud because they're worried that there's going to be the Wenger out banners and, uh, and to be seen standing there abroad in those. Hmm. And that, for me, that ruins it. You know, it's kind of, it's so off-putting. And I, I'm dreading that the rest of the season is just going to become one long extended wake. You know, this, I, I'd, I'd love, I mean, for my ideal scenario would for him to come out tomorrow and say he's leaving the end of the year and we can then, at the end of the season, and we can then you know, that might be the only thing that would galvanise this team to I kind agree. of show him yeah. some love. Yeah, I think if, if he came out tomorrow and said, guys, love all your records, you're, you're the best, <laughs> I, I, I love you, I know you love me, but, you know, it's time to change, uh, I'll be leaving at the end of the season. Why wouldn't he do but that? if he did that, Why do you know what, there would be that? a kind of, right, let's do this for Arsenal. His, his last ha- season, let's do it. Has he we'd probably not, win something. Has he not got the intelligence to realise that? Or does he just not want to go? I don't think it's intelligence. I think it's pride. Eight million quid. Well, this is. Well, there's money. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Can the money still be that big a deal to him? What is he saying? The whole market value (laughs) side of things. Once you've got a taste for something, you keep chasing it. I think. No, he doesn't need it, but. It's he addict. likes it. So, so how much can one person really front up? I mean, how much can one person shoulder? Because it's been said in recent well, times... Arsenal's Arsene created this bubble around his players and himself in that the only exposure he gets to real people is when he's actually on the bench and he's got Arsenal fans behind him at home games. Apart from that, it doesn't, it doesn't need to encounter him. Except for when occasionally the press conferences, they ask a couple of dodgy questions. In his shoes, why wouldn't he want to um, go to PSG, get 200 million quid and win the Champions League in his first attempt? Because he'd be sacked by October. (laughs) That's the reality. But maybe it'd be good for him. Maybe, you know what, no. Maybe he'd go somewhere else and he'd be galvanised and he'd get a new, you know. Let's face it, look, he had... It can't just have been beginner's luck, but when he joined Arsenal, 
He was a relative nobody and had four or five or six fantastic years at the club, winning things. It was like, maybe if he went somewhere new, he'd do that again. Who knows? You know, I mean, maybe he'd have a fresh, complete, you know, uh, maybe he's good at starting things and not finishing them. I don't know. You know. Maybe also, to an extent, maybe he's bored by it and maybe would enjoy the... The sort of the, the adrenaline of if, if this goes wrong at PSG, I'd, I'd get sacked. That's normal. That happens in football. Maybe, maybe he'd, he'd be quite happy to go. He's, he gives certain little, little suggestions, little giveaways at certain moments in press conferences. There was one recently where he was asked along the lines of, well, would the fans, the, the reaction of fans, make you think about leaving? And I thought he was just going to say no. And he said yes. And he got, sort of gave him a bit of a look like, here I am saying yes, when you yeah, thought I was going to say no. And I thought, recently. right, so that is, that, is, that, is he just giving a strand there? And he kind of then came back on it and took it in a slightly different direction. But in a way, he could be giving away little clues here and there. But you would think to an extent, if Gazidis has been quiet and the board have been quiet and they're happy for him to shoulder it and he's strong enough to sort of front it all up, maybe he'll get to the point where he thinks, I've done that enough. I'm done with it because if he actually carried on in this current current climate, I think the level of fan unrest would just absolutely boil up and boil over, and you will get things getting shouted at matches. And although you're not going to get sixty thousand disparate people all think, thinking the same thing, it's that ripple effect. It, I think it would grow around the stadium. There's not that much singing these days at matches, certainly the home games anyway. But I think enough people, probably quite near that saturation. If point, we were they two could nil down top. to Man United. With ten minutes left, oh God! Yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't. You just, you know, that sort of scenario. The next thing that goes really horribly, you almost think actually, the next time it goes horribly wrong, it, it's not going to get prettier, is it? I mean, it's going right. to. I'm going to bring be... in a listener question here. Joe Galliardi regularly offers us uh, a question, and this month he asks: Is anyone on the panel actually rooting for the team to lose so that Arsene Wenger goes? No. No, no, I'd never, I'd never root okay, for the team. Okay, well that's a yes or no. But, but there is, but there is, there is that time when you're in the middle of a game, and like again against Lincoln or something, and you're just going, oh, you know, there's that sort of ironic kind of, oh, all right, go on, let the other. You start ironically cheering the other team, but you don't there really. Are, there want are certainly, I will tell you no. this: if it's it's trading, doing a deal with the devil, there are certainly a number of people who would say, if you could guarantee me that Arsene will go, I would take the defeats. Yeah, it's starting to feel that way. I stood outside the Lincoln game wondering if losing to Lincoln might be better than the humiliation of Spurs or Chelsea in the semi-final. That's a different take (laughs) on it. I think also there's the angle of, you know, at what point, in the the Munich home game, once it went to 2-1 to them, I think everyone knew, okay, this is really definitely gone now. How bad might this get? And it didn't feel... As awful as those goals were to concede, they didn't feel as punishing as goals normally feel to because concede. Because we'd stopped... It's like an out-of-body experience. No, we, we also yeah. we'd stopped caring. Yes. Yeah. So it became a case of, what would the reaction be if, the, if this got exponentially bad? So if we, we're, we're making enough of a mess in the league in the weeks to come, that Spurs are moving away from us, we haven't got that thing of catching Spurs and finishing above them, and then you have the match at home to, you know, City. We've got City and West Ham at home at the start of April. If, if we, we get done over by a city and it's going very badly wrong, and then you're starting to lose against West Ham, you're at that point where people are saturated enough as it is. It, wouldn't take, it doesn't take much more rain for an area to flood once the ground is saturated. And I think a lot of people are very close to joining that level of they want to protest in some sort of way. Right, OK. Arsenal always finish above Spurs under Arsene Wenger. Why are Spurs fans singing Arsene Wenger, we want you to say? Because they're thick. No, so are Chelsea fans singing it. Yeah, I'm but Chelsea finish above I'm, I'm doing it Spurs because Spurs yeah, always because finish they, below they, Arsenal. They obviously don't think this season, even, even, even with their nemesis Arsene Wenger, that that's going to happen. They think Wenger's so bad for the club that, that they want him to stay. I mean, that's, that's why. They, they, they think that you know. They think if Wenger stays at Arsenal, it will get worse. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just got it's got to that point now. And you know, again, whether that Sutton match, you know, watching that, I just that was a point there where I started sort of laughing. I started going, <laughs> you know, Kev. You know, I've sat with Kev at loads of matches, and I sit and he sees me. I go absolutely mad when Arsenal are messing up. Right, I get really frustrated. And he keeps telling me, look, just calm down, Bass. There's no point. It ain't going to make a difference. And. Uh, 
And I've actually now started relaxing because I don't care anymore. It's got to the point where, you know, the, 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 the watching Arsenal has... I've gone beyond the point of caring uh, because you sometimes know, it's, it's that bad. You know, sometimes it's, it's that bad. The way There's no point in investing emotional energy in something that's exactly. not going to happen. Yeah, my survival instinct has kicked in, mm. you know, and, uh, and said, look, just don't waste your time on this shit, you know. It's as simple as that. Well, the thing is, you, you, you need to be able to feel it coming back from the team. If, yeah. you, if you don't get the feeling that it means anything to them, then, then and, and for me, I, I'm not surprised you've got a squad that's where Meza Ozil is allowed to take a day off whenever he fancies it. Why aren't the days when... The it's team went to every game, whether yeah. they were playing or not, and and they turned they turned up and supported their colleagues. You know, to me, that's there can't possibly be a good spirit in that camp no. when others see the, the stars getting to do whatever they want to do. You can tell also the spirit must really be low in that normally the Arsenal Twitter account and the website manages to find moments of the, of the players having inane fun and smiling during every single training session. And even those photos <laughs> look as dull as hell these days. Because well, okay. there must be such few moments when they're looking inane and, and enjoying themselves. Yeah, I mean, can we, I'll just ask a question, actually. It, you know, when I think of the Arsenal team of the last five or six games that I've watched them play, I could probably count five players, like on one hand, that I would, on those performances, say, yes, I'd keep them in the squad if I was sort of magically had a magic wand and said, right, I can buy and sell in the summer. I think there's only about five, maybe half a dozen that I would say, okay, I want them to play for Arsenal. The others, I don't want, you know. And I, I, I mean, I, you know, I've, I mean, players like, for example, Giroud, Welbeck. I think they're professional footballers. They look like professional footballers. Um, Sanchez, professional footballer. Czech, yeah, sure, professional footballer. Okay, or Spina, fine. You know, uh, I, I've got a lot of doubts. Koscielny, I keep, you know, he'd be in my in my five. <laughs> Um, and then I'm starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, you know, who else would you say you know has been consistent, a good player for the team? Bellerin. No, Bellerin. I've, I've, I've lost it with Bellerin the last three or four Since games. Bellerin has, He's has, has pretty been, dreadful, been pumped up to look like an American footballer, like someone's inflating him. He doesn't look bigger happy. and bigger and bigger. It doesn't seem to be in quite the same form as, I, as he was in. No, I don't think he looks very happy, and I don't think he looks. He's, put, you know, he's not putting in good passes, he's, not, he's losing the ball, he's doing silly things. I don't know, he just doesn't seem... I mean, he's still very young as well, I know, but... No, Bellerin has lost... I would have said last season, I'd say, yeah, Bellerin, right on, beginning of the season even, and now I'm, you know, he's losing me. And they all seem to be losing... You know, they're losing the, that, that, and it, the professionalism seems to be going. I think right now, because it looks all so lacklustre, and we only get these occasional outbreaks of attacking football where people run out the goal and shoot... Whereas mostly it's just slow arcs from left to right, meandering oh, up the pitch. Oh, God, the arcs. Which does, does my head in. Yeah. I just think it comes back to this, this sort of recurrent issue of, is it that this one is actually that awful and loads of them should go? Not that loads of them will, because you never get that many people changing. Or fundamentally, if you get a new manager in, can a new manager Shake actually do an awful lot more with that squad? Because there's not necessarily anything desperately wrong with the squad. They've just been appallingly... Directed. Mm. Um, yeah, I think a new manager will come in and sort a lot of them out. And yeah. what you might find is two or three or four. There'll be a little go. Cull, yeah. You get that yeah. natural, that the natural recycling of some go, some come yeah. in, and the rest. You could be, we could be here this time next season saying, God, look how much better X is now playing. Yeah. Well, what a well, change! Well, I remember Ray Parker under Wenger when Wenger came in. I thought, oh, well, he's going to keep Merson and get rid of Parler. He did the opposite, and Parler became this like, amazing player. You know, it was like quite quite wonderful to watch him play it, and uh, and it, it's funny how it, that that can happen. And I think it's time for that. We we desperately need that. We need a change. And there's no shame in that. There's no, no. shame in no, saying when years. comes to an end, I'm going to do something different now. He hasn't even got to say, "Oh yeah, it's been going so bad." And I wouldn't it be it. admitting defeat? No, I think it depends on the context. If let's say, for example, the PSG job is possible. And what he says is, I'll like try something a bit different. Uh, you know, it's, it's PSG got their He's new got guy yeah. in, uh, Emre. Uh, was it Emre? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, specifically because he'd won Europa League three, three years in a row with Sevilla. He was brought in to win Champions League. Theory being, this guy knows how to win ties in Europe. 
Are they going to go for Arsene Wenger on that basis, <laughs> on that criteria? Which is, by the way, you could say, why would anyone want him? He hasn't well, no, given himself think, the greatest CV in recent years. No, not recent years, but I think, look, Wenger could always get a job somewhere, right? A Especially decent in job, France, right? where he's got such high status. I'm yeah. not sure he has anymore. I don't know. Because apparently, one of the reasons that they let him go from his TV uh, gig was because he's, he's a bit of a standing joke. <laughs> he doesn't actually do any analysis. Well, I, I, I still think, look, I don't think Wenger would, would struggle to. There will be teams out there who will take Arsene Wenger. There right? will be some. And he can just say, it's time for a new challenge. That's it. Well, I mean, he can go to Sevilla or something. He can go anywhere, right? He can go to wherever he wants in, in Europe. He can go to China and say, it's time for a new challenge. And that's it. And off he goes. He can go and do what Obama did, go and have a nice holiday, right? Put it all behind him, you know, and by God, on the money he's earned, he can have a bloody nice holiday, right? So, you know, and then he can go and start again with something new and let us get on with, you know, what, who replaces him is another thing. But please, God, it's got to be time. Whatever happened to the cliche about every five years you either change the manager or change the team? I mean, that, to me, that's, a, that's, that's, mm. that's the problem. The dressing room, there's no fear in that dressing room of having a bad game getting dropped and losing their professional career. They all know if you get dropped, they're back in, you know, there's an injury here or there and they're back in sometime later. They all know they're going to play Champions League football for the rest of their careers. There's none of that sense that this might be our only opportunity. And, 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 and so... So on that basis, I'm giving you a straight choice, OK? New Arsenal manager. Let's say Arsenal's going. Eddie Howe or Diego Simeone? Take your pick. Of those two, you go Simeone. Yeah. I, and anyone with uh, who could give me an alternative to the song throw we get from Wenger, someone with passion who can, who, who makes me feel like it means something. So, well, meaning, I guess Simeone. Yeah. yeah, I'd go with Simeone as well. However, I'd prefer the Juventus manager. I think. Well, yeah. I don't think we've got a hope against Simeone. No, I, I agree. I Simeone but what I'm doing is setting up a contrast between what we have now. And a very different scenario. Well, I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to that, that list at the bookies and the odds. <laughs> that when it does happen, like, who's going to be the next man? Mm -hmm. Because th then at least we'll know, OK, we can put, that, put our current nightmare behind us. And even if there's another one in front of us, at least it will be a different nightmare. You know what I mean? <laughs> my money will, this one's boring. My money will be on whoever is the new man, on him getting sacked in the first season. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't buy this idea that we're going to have several fellow seasons because of, of a change. I think if you appoint the right person, um, that person could do wonders with this squad. It doesn't even necessarily need them to, to, to make seismic shifts in, in what the players are doing. Mm. It's just a proper uh, way of playing where players know what their jobs are individually and collectively and are, are reset to do that every single time they go out. Mm. I don't think this squad is awful. Like For example, people say Xhaka, he's a terrible player. I don't think he's a terrible player. No, he's not. I think he doesn't know what he's meant to be doing. Yeah. I think creatively, creatively he's very good. Creatively, he's very good. I'm going to just, because obviously I'd like to get the listeners' questions in. I've got one here from Nahom Emereb, and I apologise if I have mispronounced that. He asks, if Wenger leaves this summer, would it be better for the next manager if we finished outside the top four this season? Um, I'm not sure that's... Because you still be in Europa League, I think. And we're going to find it difficult not to be in Europa League because Man United won the League Cup. Obviously, a team that's likely to be in the top six is going to win the FA Cup. So that means that fifth, sixth and seventh are going to be in Europa League next season. Chelsea finished tenth last season. Liverpool finished eighth or seventh, whatever it was, but they basically didn't qualify. Um, so they didn't have this European distraction. So what the question I think really needs asking is, would Arsenal be better not being in Europe next season? Well, in fact, they could just blow the Europa League anyway. You know, I think it depends entirely on the manager. The manager who comes in is somebody who's used to playing in, in the, 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 the top European competitions and trying to win domestic titles. It's their norm to do that. And they'd expect to do that and would be fine doing it. I don't think it would help that manager to not have this distraction of Europe. I also don't really buy into this distraction of Europe. But hang on, didn't thing. Conte get time to work with his players, specifically because they didn't have midweek obligations in the autumn? 
Well, the, fact that, the, the, the fact they're going to win the league, you can therefore comfortably link the two and say it's obviously helped. I actually think top-level teams and top-level players expect to play European football, expect to have that three- or four-day cycle quite often during the season. You could argue with Liverpool it hasn't helped and they haven't had what they're used to in that sense. You end up being able to argue either way. I think ultimately if you get a manager in to replace Wenger who's used to challenging in, in the Champions League and domestically, um, to, to be doing that is what they'd expect and it wouldn't be a, a hindrance to have it. Uh, I, I, I would rather, I, I don't buy into this idea of let's avoid stuff because then it will get, things will get better. The big, I don't believe... The big problem know, is if we lose Sanchez and Ozil uh, and, and you've got to attract replacements without... Champions League football, then, then that, that, that becomes an issue. That's true. Yeah. Well, Man United managed to do it. Money. Chelsea managed to do it. Yeah, but we're Arsenal are never going to spend that kind of money. Well, I, in fair. theory, we've got a lot of money. Yeah, and what are they going to get from And who, who, is, it, who mean, is it who's like deciding it. not to spend it? Is it the manager or is it the board? I mean, if, if we were going to spend money, why didn't we match Chelsea's offer for Kante? That, well, I've got a theory on this. I've got a theory on this, OK? I've got a theory. The manager's got something in his contract that says, no player can earn more than I do. <laughs> and for that reason, they couldn't afford to pay Kante what Chelsea paid him. That's a legitimate theory. I think, and it's his, his Wenger's obsession with value for money, that he won't pay these inflated prices because he doesn't, you know, that's how his head works. I think there's another thing that, that, that's been shown up lately in all these defeats uh, and, and poor showings uh, is that our team, if you look at Chelsea, Tottenham, even Liverpool to a degree, physically, they're bigger, stronger individuals. I mean, you mentioned Bellerin pumping himself up lately, um, but on the whole, we're a very, very small team physically. And we try and play that ticker-tacker Barcelona stuff, right? And we're just not... We don't have Lionel Messi and we don't have Char Harvey and, and, and all the players that Barcelona have had over the... And everyone's caught on to that as well. And the one or two times we've tried our plan B and had the big man up front, and, and it's come good, actually, you know, with, with uh, Giroud popping a couple in. And, and, but then he's not given a run. And it, it, it always seems to be... It seems to me that, you know... We're, we're, Urzel, yeah, you won't see him go up for a header against someone, will you? Um, there's no, there's no kind of, uh, we're not very gutsy um, apart from Sanchez, but even he like rolls around on the floor and goes, "Oh, poor me," you know. If you give him a little, you know, there's a bit of diving and stuff going on there, which you expect from a South American player. But and then the rest of us, you know, whether it's even you know the cost, you know, Cassioni and Mustafa, you think, okay, they're like our big guys and Shaka. They're even. They don't seem like they don't seem like the Chelsea defenders or like they. Koscielny does get muscled off the ball, especially in the air. He gets muscled off the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, and we just don't seem to have the physical presence on the pitch uh, that that uh, any other team like. That's what I think. Like a team like West Brom or someone like that could. Mm. They could just muscle us off quite easily. You know, it's mentality. We we are artists. We play as artists. Mm. Rep, you know, representing the ideals of our football, we're, we're not there for a battle. And things are the combatants. And Wenger's always seemed to bought by players based on their, you know, their statistical, uh, how they rate on a statistical basis. Mm. And so they, you know, they've got to be fast. They've got to, they've got to, their passing and completion rate has got to, you know, so that none, none of the other attributes of. Uh, well, Gabriel was bought based on the stats. Right. You know, I mean, this, uh, the thing is with Wenger, he's always been mad on s statistics, hasn't he? It's, he? He loves that. I mean, he loves his, his, his mm, stats. Mm, mm. And football isn't always... It doesn't go work that way, does it? It's not logical. Uh, you know, Alonso probably wouldn't get in any side on his stats, but he's been a he was a brilliant player for years. Yeah. I mean, Tony Adams probably wouldn't either. I don't know. You know, I mean... And that, that's another thing I wanted to bring up, is that when Wenger was doing well, he'd inherited that side, that, that bat four. You know, about five. And oh, he got a bounce from that. He got a right bounce from that. And actually, once Keown had gone, the last of them, I think was Keown, wasn't it? And then, you know, it was never the same again, really. We never had that, that solid well, defence. it was that mix of the, 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 the George Graham fortright fortitude and the, yeah. the, what Wenger brought to the party. That's what made everything so great. Yeah. Because we had then had that, the, the next kind of wave, which was like, you know, coal and... Um, you know, Toure and Campbell and Lawrence. So there was there was a, there was a fresh layer, but that was with the rest of the team being so utterly wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're all combined. But I just think overall, he he 
There's been previous managers, there will be future managers, he hasn't got to stay forever. The natural break is when a contract comes to an end. I just hope he realises that it's not working, and it's not working to a, a deeper level than it has done at any point in recent times. It's, it's getting worse and worse. We could probably never have thought we'd reach a point where we'd be getting done 5-1 in, in such a consistent way. When was the last time we There's were no beaten 5-1 at home? Have we there ever been? no hiding place for that. Have years we ever ago, been like 30 years ago. Since the Woolwich Arsenal or like something? Like Moscow, I think, 5-2 in oh, the 80s what, or something. At Highbury? Yeah. yeah. Right, there's no hiding place. I've always said it. If you lose a game 2-0, you can argue the first goal was offside, the second one we should have had a free kick. Once you get to, to a three-goal margin or more, you can't argue your way out of it. No. Where it's live on TV, as things are these days, everyone sees it. Every single angle is replayed and analysed. I don't know how to almost have the, the, the gumption to, to, to want to carry on through it. And there's no shame in saying it. it's come to its natural end. Whoever it gets put, no. it gets put and he goes... And I just think a new manager who really knows what they're doing, um, as weird as it would feel to suddenly see someone else there, mm. still, I think they can get much more out of these players. And I don't think these players are at the end of their Arsenal time. I think a lot of them are ripe and ready to go with something good mm. and, and a proper cohesive collective way of playing. And I think we could amaze ourselves next season. Even, even without uh, Sanchez and Ozil? Well, I think the interesting thing with that, I think you made this point yourself in, in, on, on the site, is that having... Won the FA Cup in 2014, we, we, we improved the team. I know we had Berzel at the time, I think. We added Sanchez. If they go around the same sort of point as that, that, that new three-year contract then comes to its end, it's as if the, the remit of that contract to go from having suddenly won something again to properly challenging has entirely failed. But the new people, the top-level people you brought in, um, it's failed so much they want to go. And it really disturbs me that it's not that long since people were absolutely foaming at the mouth about how much they love Sanchez. And now he's been totally demonised. I call it the stapletonisation of Alexis Sanchez. By the club. But while he's playing for us, well, partly by the club and the fans. No, but while I, he's I, I think, I think because, the, now against him. because the club know that he's going, they are now briefing the press that he's a bad apple. I just want to try and say that word, stapletonalisation. <laughs> that's, that's a great little... But popular. I don't think all the fans have fallen for it. I mean, one of the chants on the protest was basically the effect of Sanchez, you're right, Wenger, you're wrong. I can't remember what it, how it went, yeah. but I remember hearing it. No, it's, but of course I'm never wrong. I mean, mm. it is a pretty, but uh, there's the mental <laughs> strength... Make an excess to play a manager, then. We're just not well, showing enough mental strength. I don't Sanchez wanted to go, because he's obviously a winner. When he plays football, he's a winner. And yes. He's had two yeah. He's not in a culture which is geared towards results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he's busting his gut for the team, and then, I don't know, so, so, so someone, the Ox or Ramsey, or someone just puts in a silly pass and kicks it into touch for no reason. You know, you see Sanchez's heart just go, what, what am I doing here? You know, there are points where you just think, what, why? You know, one quick question. When was it that the board said to Wenger, you've got a job as long as you want one? There was a point, wasn't there? Was it after we won the league last time? Uh, at one point they said, they turned to, I remember everyone going on about it here, we said, so Wenger, you know, Wenger has been told you you've got a job for life as long as you want it. Probably about ten years ago. Right. Um, so that was probably when we last won the league, and they said, and since they've said that, it's gone wrong, hasn't it? But also, there's that the the, the, the recent angle on that was when uh, Chips Keswick says something along the lines of, "We ask Arsene if he's got a plan." If he hasn't got a plan, we basically keep quiet. <laughs> Which is just a complete abdication of any yeah. involvement in a football club. Yeah. I mean, it might as well be anything. It's, it, they, they just happen to exist in some relation to the club, but he kind of runs everything. Yeah. I mean, how yeah, bad would it have it, yeah. to get? I mean, mentioned before, like if, if he took the two-year contract, how bad would it have to get beyond this point in that, that first next season for there to be any chance of them saying, actually, this is so bad, I'm afraid you're going to have to go? I think, I think it would have to be <laughs> open revolt within the stadium. Yeah. But um, before, we left, before we left Highbury, and, you know, you had the old board there and you had... David Dean and uh, Ken Fryer and, and uh, the, all the old lot. That, it didn't feel like that then, that the, even when the Bertie Me going back to that, you know, uh, that the manager was the, had the strength and, and the power that Wenger has now. Well, the irony being, um, once George was sacked, they said the manager would never have that kind of power again. 
<laughs> and see, Wenger's got far more than Cut to the next scene, yeah, right. <laughs> um, right, there's, there's two more listeners' uh, questions I just want to get in briefly. Um, this is a yes or no, okay? Mark Holmes has tweeted, Would a top four finish and winning the FA Cup legitimise another two years of Arsene Wenger? Yes or no? No. Bernard? No. Not anymore, sorry, Arsene. Okay, that's the answer. But the other one is from Jonathan Houseman. And he basically um, that would be a, that would be a good good way for him to leave though. Yes, I'd love we, to win we, the yeah, FA Cup top four, and then he hangs. Yeah, up. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping after the last FA Cup he'd say, "Okay, I'm going to hang up my boots." But of course, we all thought like he did. Oh, yeah, we'll go on to lot better of things. Optimism. That's yeah. the worry that if we did win the cup, and it might encourage him. Well, to... three years ago, won the cup, finished in the top four. He could have got up that point. And do you know if to reach a stage where that's possible? He, but actually, we get beaten. In, God, I don't even want to say. We it. Th- we, the idea then was that we we haven't had money. This is the first season we've had money. We bought Ozil. We've won the cup. We're going to buy players when we did buy Sanchez mm. in the summer. This is a springboard. Mm. Yeah. It didn't work out. Mm. And the way we're play- if we carry on playing as we are, we've got no chance of winning any doing any of the above. But if Arsene Wenger was to announce tomorrow he's resigning, you know what? We we could possibly end up top four. And I yes. don't know about the FA Cup. I think that would be his best right. move. Yeah. That would be his best move. Let's say that. Even if he wants to change his mind, I think that would be his best move. Yeah, it's a win-win, isn't it? <laughs> Let's say that that doesn't happen. Uh, Jonathan Houseman, uh, he, he's uh, emailed, as a season ticket holder of nearly 20 years, the lack of unity amongst us season ticket holders is extremely sad. I appreciate nobody wants to miss games, least of all me. Bayern was the first game I did not attend when in the UK in 20 years out of choice due to the situation that has been allowed to be created. However, wouldn't the Bayern game with the tie already dead have been the ultimate occasion to protest together and leave our seats empty to send a clear message to the absent owner and Ivan that we do not accept the current situation and that arson extending is no longer an option but our current structure is also no longer an option. So basically, guys, do we think that a half-empty stadium as a sign of protest would have any genuine impact on the board, given those seats are already well, paid for? If you embarrass, yeah, but if you, it's an embarrassment, that isn't it? And so I found, you know, running a satirical magazine that if you embarrass uh, an authority. Uh, it can have an effect if they think, oh shit, we better do something about it. Maybe this. then we might target the Everton game uh, if things well, really deteriorate. Well, to be honest with you, personally, I, I don't feel the urge to go and watch Arsenal now, mm. um, which is the first time in my life I can say that since I went... But the difference, the difference being, uh, what's happening now, is a lot of people who've paid for those seats via season tickets yeah. are choosing not to take That's them. a different thing. Um, so that's quite a statement. Yeah. And it's interesting that people were saying... There's only 200 people on the protest at the Bayern game. There was only 400-odd at the protest at the Lincoln game. Those are the actual figures, because I stood there and head-counted. But if you count the empty seats in the stadium and add those... There were more empty seats at the Bayern game than there were at the Lincoln game. Yeah, but it's still significant that those people are actually making a statement of their own. Well, I certainly think if Wenger signs a new contract and stays next season there will be a significant amount of people who just won't renew yeah. their season tickets. Uh, I, I think, you know, to be honest with you, if I was a... I'm, I'm not a season ticket holder, as you know. You, you furnish me with tickets. I get tickets here, there and everywhere, and a bit of a gypsy. But um, since leaving Highbury, actually, but uh, that was a financial as well as anything else. But if I was, I'd certainly certainly consider saying what, like, you know... I've only, life in London's pretty expensive, and ca- can I afford... You know, if it's going to give me pleasure... And I'm going to feel great about it. Like, well, you know, watch Vieira pass to Bergkamp to, you know, Henri or Wright. Fine, yeah, I'll have that one. Player like Ian Wright, my God, what would we wouldn't give for someone like that? Bit of, you know, bit of guts. Uh, I'll pay for that. But people start thinking, well, you know, get a nice holiday for that or two. It's the flip side of the customerization of supporters. If you make the people into customers, they have the choice to to refrain from the product, even if you, you've had a long-standing emotional connection. I think that the, the, the part of the current issue is that it's quite early in the season, still, for people to be deciding not to come to games. Mm. Whatever one makes of it, we could still win the FA Cup, mm. forget the teams that are left. We could still finish in the top four, forget the idea that people might think that's a lot of nonsense. You want to, 
you want to achieve something and to qualify for the Champions League for whichever manager it is. It's, it's quite early to, to, to not be coming to games when those are still up for grabs. Once those are, say, not up for grabs, so we get beat by a City and we're, 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 we're well behind Spurs, once we, you've got, say, three or four games left and we know we say we can't finish above Spurs and things like that, then I think you open the floodgates to, to, to that, that level of apathy that's reached saturation point mm. for some and not quite yet for others. They might think, right, there's nothing left to play for. We can't win anything. We're not even going to finish above Spurs. I'm done. Oh, the worst still. A lot of people... The fact that people left with 20-plus minutes to go against Bayern, <laughs> I think the issue about the empty stadium, these matches go the whole way around the world live to billions of people. You cannot, whatever the club says, you cannot falsify the visual that people are seeing live around the world of empty seats. And it would need that east side of the stadium. If, if everyone, if, almost if everyone sat on the, on the, on the other <laughs> side. If that east side, particularly the, the lower tier, no one came in in the east lower. Never mind the board, would, would though. show a lot. I think Wenger would walk, you know, if he found himself playing in front of a half-empty stadium. How much can he take? How much can he take himself? Yeah. But it's, it's not even good. it's not even results and winning things. Like, look, if I turn up and Arsenal are losing, but they're they're, they're battling and they're giving it. If, like if everyone gave gave the energy Alexis Sanchez did during a game or half of it, you know, you'd say, well, all right, you know. I just think of, I remember Tony Adams like putting his fist up, you can't see it viewers because there's not a camera, but I'm putting my fist up going, come on, you know, that Tony Adams giving it a bit of that. We don't have a captain who does that. We have the opposite of that. Yeah, we've got, you know, it's just flaky shit, you know, it's not, I'm I'm not, if you're not playing well, at least have some gumption. I'd rather see him get sent off, you know, get so upset at losing, they get sent off that kind of passion. Well, you're getting that from Shaka quite frequently, actually, (laughs) to be fair. (laughs) Kind of, yeah, yeah, I think he's mistiming his tackles. Right, well, anyway, way, we've already gone five minutes over, so I will just finish by saying, at midf- Midfield Corporal on Twitter, fantastic question, but I will save it till next month. So oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'll give you the question, but you can't answer it. Okay. All right, so the question is, if you could reverse the scores in any three games in Arsenal's history, what would they be? So anyway, that's the question. Um, right. Now, I, uh, I'm going to wrap up matters with the housekeeping here. Just time for a quick plug for the current issue of The Gooner, which asks, who's quitting first on the front cover with images of Arsene Wenger and Alexis Sanchez? Inside, there's an interview with the left-back Kieran Gibbs, and in the away end from the Sutton United chat rooms and forums, nostalgic articles on George Graham's final season and what has changed in football since The Gooner's first issue in 1987 and plenty more past and present subject matter I haven't got time to detail in full this evening. It's £3 from sellers on your way to the stadium and will be on sale at the home matches against Man City and West Ham. It can also be bought and posted to you if you wish to order it through the Guna website. Just to confirm the news that next season will be the final one that sees a printed version of the Guna sold on match days at the stadium. The website will continue... But as we celebrate our 30th anniversary next season, it seems a good time for the fanzine to bow out. Unlike Arsene, we won't hang around so long that anyone wants to stage a protest march (laughs) against us. As usual, a reminder that you can contact us regarding... That's shocking news, Kate. It is, but it's, it's, it's been out there a while, Bass. You just started? haven't seen... You haven't been watching Twitter uh, no. enough. Well, so it's the end of the printed Guna. The Guna will finish at the end of the 2017-18 season. Blimey. After 30 years. We've had a good run. Never thought I'd hear it, said. Well, Never, no. As usual, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Podcast and email gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for your questions and topics submitted for today. I did mention everybody. And with that, it is goodbye from Simon. Goodbye. Bernard. Goodbye. And Mustafa. Goodbye. We will be back with another edition in April. This is your host, Kevin Witcher. Goodbye and thanks for listening. la di da di da la di da di dee All good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!